0: Hello, welcome to the Myths and History of Greece and Rome. Chapter 102, It's All Gone Horribly Wrong. So, where were we? Ah yeah, it's all gone horribly wrong for Petronius Maximus, who is dead as dead can be after just 71 days in charge. So, as 456 begins, there are just eight emperors to go before the fall of Rome. Three men now appear in our story, and will play the lead roles during the next five years of the Western Empire. Two we have already met. Majorian had been appointed to high rank in the army by Valentinian III, and may be in line to be the next emperor. Avitus had been appointed Magister Militum by Petronius Maximus, and also may be in line to be the next emperor. The most powerful of the three, though, is a barbarian called Ricimer, half Suevi, half goth. Ricimer is about to become the real power in the western empire avitus was in gaul when he learned of petronius maximus's death and the sack of rome by the vandals he had been sent there to deal with the visigoths and it was the visigothic king theodoric who persuaded him to become emperor the goths proclaimed him augustus and the troops in gaul a little reluctantly followed in italy though ricimer and majorian did not accept the new emperor Avitus was a little too Gallic for their taste, and they were not happy having a Gallic Emperor. Avitus, though, was recognised by the Senate and began to march on Rome, finally arriving there in early September. His grip on power wasn't very strong. He needed the support of the army, but the generals Ricimer and Majorian were not happy to give it. He needed the support of the Eastern Emperor, but Marcion was not happy to give it. And he needed the support of the Vandals in Africa, but Giseric was also not happy to give it. He only really had the support of the Senate, which was about as much use as a chocolate teapot, the Gallic provinces, who didn't count as far as the Italians were concerned, and the Visigoths, who were busy elsewhere smashing the Suevi and settling in Spain. Avatus sent Ricimer to deal with invasions of Sicily by the Vandals, and the barbarian general won some important victories. The people of Rome, though, were going hungry, The sack of the city and the loss of the grain supply from Africa meant that food was scarce. At the same time, Avitus was melting down gold statues to pay his Visigothic troops. There was much unrest. Before too long, there was just too much unrest to let things carry on as they were. Ricimer and Majorium used the unrest in Rome to their advantage and rebelled against the new emperor. Avitus was scared and did the only thing he could think of. He ran away. He left Rome in early autumn and moved north. Risimer had the Roman Senate declare that Avitus was no longer Western Roman Emperor. Avitus decided to react. First he chose Messianus, one of his colleagues in his dealings with the Visigoths, to be the new Magister Militum. Then he probably went to Gaul to collect all the available forces, and finally he led his troops against the troops of Ricimer near Piacenza. The Emperor and his army entered the city and attacked the huge army led by Ricimer, but after a great massacre of most of his men, including Messianus, Avitus fled again. Ricimer and Majorium decided to spare the life of the defeated emperor, but he was no longer the emperor. The two generals forced the defeated Avitus to become bishop of Piacenza. It had all gone horribly wrong for Avitus, who had reigned over what was left of the west for just 15 months. He didn't last long as bishop of Piacenza either. It's thought that Ricimer had the senate condemn him to death And either Ricimer or Majorian had him killed in early 457. Whatever actually happened, he was definitely no longer alive by the end of that year. So now, just seven emperors to go before the fall of Rome. But let's go east for a bit. In the eastern Roman Empire, all was peaceful. Marcian had been persuaded by the magister militum Aspar not to help the west against the Vandals and concentrate on ruling well in the east. This he did very successfully. There were no wars, and there was virtually no trouble. This made the people of the Western Empire very unhappy, but Marcion didn't care. No, Marcion didn't care at all. All he cared about was keeping the East peaceful, and that was going just fine. The West could look after itself, as far as he was concerned. Marcion was a very good emperor for the Eastern Romans. They lived in peace, their taxes were low, and the emperor had refused to pay the Huns and spent the money on improving things in Constantinople. He presided over the Fourth Ecumenical Council, which declared that Jesus Christ was the perfect God and the perfect man and was made known in two natures, divine and human. This became the basis for the teachings of the Eastern Orthodox Church. It didn't go down too well in Egypt and Syria, though. The population of these provinces were monophysites, believing that Jesus had one nature, not two. This may seem both complicated and trivial, but it caused many more disputes in the future. Unfortunately for the Eastern Empire, the happiness of the people was cut short in 457. Marcion fell ill early in the year. He suffered badly for a while, before his illness finally killed him, aged 64. He'd reigned successfully over the East for seven years. OK, back to the West. Ricimer knew that as a barbarian, he couldn't become emperor. He also knew that he liked power. He liked power a lot. So he came up with a plan, which meant he could keep the power he was so fond of. Ricimer may have been a barbarian, but Julius Valerius Majorianus was a true Italian Roman. He'd also had a good career in the army, and was exactly the kind of man that the Romans would accept as their emperor. Ricimer wanted to make sure that this time the emperor would be accepted everywhere, so he came up with a plan. He would get the eastern emperor to accept his man as western emperor. Okay back to the east again. Marcion had had no children, and Gala Placidia had died in 453. There was nobody around who was even vaguely related to Theodosius the Great anymore. The obvious candidate to be the next emperor of the east was Procopius Anthemius, grandson of the man who had ordered the building of the Theodosian walls. Unfortunately for Anthemius, the most powerful man in the east was the Magister Militum, an alan called Aspar. Aspar had a long and successful military career, and in another time he may have been emperor, but at this time there was no way he could wear the purple. There were two main reasons. First, he was a German barbarian, and second, he was an Aryan. Both of these things made him completely unacceptable as emperor. So Aspar did what many other powerful barbarians had done when in this position. He found a Roman citizen who he thought he could control. This was very successful to start off with. The new emperor was a member of Aspar's army and was not well educated. Aspar had exactly what he wanted. Unfortunately for Aspar, the new emperor had a lot of common sense and was very cunning. It would take a few years, but when the final showdown came, it would not be Aspar who won. No, it would be the emperor, a man from Thrace called Flavius Leonis, who would come out on top. For now though, Leo was content to pretend to live in the shadow of the Magister Militum and learn how to rule well. He was determined to rid the Eastern Empire of the powerful German Barbarian eventually, but for the moment this could wait. Right, west again now. Brissimer, on learning of the accession of the new Eastern Emperor, immediately asked Leo to honour Majorian and accept him as Emperor of the West. This he duly did, and Majorian was officially allowed to wear the purple. Majorian and his armies marched into Gaul and put down a few rebellions. They even managed to come to an agreement with Theodoric, king of the Visigoths, and Gaul became Roman again. Well, except for the bits being ruled by the Goths and the Franks. At last, the Western Empire could claim that Gaul was Roman, even if Roman Gaul in the late 450s wasn't like Roman Gaul of Augustus' time, or of Hadrian's time. Majorian won some battles against the Vandals who were raiding the Italian coast, and then planned his greatest scheme. He was going to reconquer Spain, and then use bases there to defeat the Vandals and drive them from Africa. This was a pretty brave and bold plan, but Majorian was absolutely set on it and started his scheming. There is a fantastic story about how he made his plans and gathered his information. The Emperor wanted to know personally the strength of the Vandals' army and navy, and how the local populations would react if the Romans invaded. He dyed his fair hair, for which he was famous, black, and went to Giseric, claiming to be an envoy of the Western Emperor. Giseric tried to impress this envoy, who was really the Emperor, showing him his stash of weapons collected in his warehouses. The story is probably only a legend, but it shows the carefulness of the preparations. Majorian collected information on the enemy and gathered a fleet of 300 ships to support the army in the reconquest of Hispania and the invasion of Africa. The Emperor set off with his 300 ships and an army of Romans, Huns, Scythians and other barbarians. He moved the ships and the troops to Carthago Nova in western Spain and planned the final assault on Vandal-held Africa. Gizeric was too clever for him. The Vandal King's foreign secret service appears to have been efficient and productive and the Vandal King had learned of the planned invasion. He sailed his own armada to Spain... He surprised Majorian and destroyed his entire fleet in the Bay of Lucentum. The Emperor was forced into a pretty awful treaty with the Vandals and was very unhappy. Majorian and his army trudged dejectedly back to Italy by land. Their planned invasion had gone horribly wrong. Ricimer, waiting for the Emperor in Italy, decided that this guy was no longer any use to him and so it all went even more horribly wrong for Majorian. He was forced to abdicate on the 2nd of August 461. Five days later, it was reported he had died of dysentery, which is a stomach disease. This is a little too convenient. It's much more likely he was put to death on Ricimer's orders. Majorian was another man who would quite possibly have been a very good emperor in better times. He was an able soldier and a fair man. He passed some laws making taxes more equitable and genuinely cared for his people, he failed badly when taking on the Vandals though and paid for this failure with his life. He was a bit too keen on ruling by himself for Risimer's liking and in the end Risimer was just too powerful. Majorian had reigned for four years and was only about 40 years old when he died. To reign for four years in these terrible times must be considered as something of an achievement. But six emperors to go before the fall of Rome. Okay, east again. It's a bit complicated this switching back and forth. Still, the Western Empire only has 15 years left, so we won't have to do it for too much longer. Leo was beginning to put into action his plan to get rid of Germans from the senior ranks of his army. Aspar was still too powerful to sack, so Leo brought in some of his own men to fill the important jobs. In particular, he employed some Isaurians, people from southeastern Asia Minor. The most important of these was a chieftain called Rusum Rusumbladiotes. Do you want to hear that again? Rusum Rusumbladiotes. Aspar, meanwhile, allied himself with the brother of the Emperor's wife Verina, a man called Basiliscus, who will soon prove to be one of the worst generals of all time when he too tries to defeat the Vandals. But that's for the next chapter. For now, let's see what Risimere is going to do next. Yep, sorry, back west again. Ricimer didn't want another emperor in the west with a mind of his own, so this time he put up a candidate he knew he could control. Unfortunately, Giseric had decided the treaty with Majorian was no longer valid now that Majorian was dead. The Vandal king started to raid the coast in order to get Ricimer to accept his candidate for emperor, a man called Alibrius. Ricimer was in no mood to accept a man put forward by the Vandals. This was not part of his plan at all, and anyway, Ricimer had found the nice, weak man he wanted in the purple. There is no record of the early life and career of Flavius Libius Severus Serpentius. He was born in Lucania, in south-west Italy, probably around 420. He was a senator and a good Christian, but, as far as we can tell, not much else. Virtually nobody outside Italy accepted Libius Severus's rule. Everyone knew he was just the eyes, mouth and ears of Ricimer and was not fit to really rule by himself. In Illyricum, a man called Marcellinus was appointed as Magister Militum of Dalmatia by Leo, even though Dalmatia was supposed to be part of the Western Empire. Leo refused to accept Libyus Severus, Giseric and the Vandals refused to accept him, and most of Gaul refused to accept the poor new emperor. Libius Severus did virtually nothing in his four-year reign. All actions during his time on the throne were actually carried out by Ricimer. The Vandals kept attacking, still wanting a Librius to be wearing the purple, and Leo kept refusing to agree that this senatorial nobody was the Western Emperor. It had all gone horribly wrong for poor old Libius Severus. Ricimer was cornered. Marcellinus and the Vandals were against him. He appealed to Leo and asked him to persuade Giseric and Marcellinus to stop being so stroppy. Leo did his best. The Vandals refused completely and got even more stroppy, although Gizeric did agree to one important concession. He had carried off Valentinian III's wife Eudoxia and his two daughters when he'd sacked Rome. The elder daughter, Eudocia, had been married to his son, Huneric, thus giving him, in his own eyes, a marital link with the dynasty of Theodosius the Great, and thus some legitimacy. Eudoxia was released, while the younger daughter, Placidia, was married to Ilibrius. Gyseric achieved the perfect arrangement. He appeared reasonable and thus trustworthy to the outside world, particularly the powerful Eastern Emperor. He also enhanced his own political position with two dynastic marriages. The political skill of Gyseric was in stark contrast to the inactivity and general uselessness of Libyus Severus. The Western puppet conveniently died on the 14th of November 465. It was rumoured that Ricimer had had him poisoned, although this was never proved. The unfortunate, unwelcome, unfit-to-rule emperor was about 45 years old when he died. Five emperors to go before the fall of Rome. The eastern emperor Leo wanted more of a say in who would be his western colleague before he would accept another ruler in Ravenna. It took two years of negotiations between Leo and Ricimer before a new Augustus of the West was appointed. Not that the western empire consisted of much more than Italy anymore, We'll have to wait until the next chapter before we meet him and the four other men who will be the last Western Emperors. Just before we finish this chapter though, let's go quickly back East. Leo was determined to place his own man on the throne of the West this time and make sure his rule was secure in the East. He'd been in power in Constantinople for eight years by now and was becoming a lot more confident. He'd put many of his own supporters in good jobs and even married his daughter off to that man, Rusum Bladiotes. Leo didn't have a son, and he hoped that they would produce one. If they did, the boy would be Leo's grandson, and so could rule after him. Tarasicadissa had decided if he was to marry the emperor's daughter, and maybe be the father of the next emperor, he would better change his name to something that sounded just a bit more Roman. So change his name he did. He decided that Tarasicadissa Rusum simply wouldn't do, and he would have much more success in the future if he called himself Zeno. Well, I'm sure it'll be no surprise to anyone to learn that next time we will see the fall of Rome. But we will also see the rise in confidence in the East, and set the scene for the next part of our long story. So, until then, have a great couple of weeks, and I'll speak to you next time.